At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Happy Monday if you're listening on a Monday. Hope we had a wonderful weekend. I certainly did because I finally got to go to my first WNBA game in case you missed it uh, on Twitter. I saw the Aces play the Sparks at Crypto.com Arena here in Los Angeles. And uh, it was a little bit unfortunate actually because I've been meaning to go to a Sparks game for a while. Obviously we have them in town here. Why would I not just go down the street? But I had to go see this Aces team, and let me just tell you, they are the real deal. And I just mean that it was unfortunate in the sense of the LA Sparks, once again, just really looking lost against what is clearly the best team in the WNBA right now. Also unfortunate that I finally got to uh, meet with one of the producers of the live event of the game who also actually works on UCLA women's basketball games, a friend of mine. And I said, oh yeah, let me come say hi to you at the game. And he said... When I was there, why why you finally come to uh, a Sparks game? What what made you come to this one? And I was like, they're playing the Aces, man. They're playing the Aces, and they are that good. But I know also that we do have a Game 5 going on in the NBA tonight. It is the NBA Finals, so we will talk about that a little bit today. Uh, we'll start with some baseball, though. The Dodgers and the Angels, who are both struggling more than they should. Uh, the Angels have two MVP candidates on their team, uh, uh, unceremoniously fired their manager just last week and the Dodgers are losing games. They should not be losing. They should just be 
killing people with the kind of talent they have on their team. So we'll get into both of those teams who happen to be facing off in the freeway series starting on Tuesday. So double LA action starting on Tuesday. And then we will get into some NBA finals talk as well to wrap that up. Before we get into the WNBA, we'll have to talk about some of the trends we've been seeing in the betting and also uh, the games that we'll have on Tuesday, two of those games coming up, neither of which I'm like overjoyed to watch mostly because the Storm and the Lynx are playing. The Lynx are unfortunately towards the bottom of the league right now as far as things are concerned. And the Mercury at the Mystics, who we already saw play and to a surprising finish. So maybe that will be pretty good. But before we get into all of that, we of course have to look at the Los Angeles local line. So the Dodgers and Angels, like I said, will be playing on Tuesday. I'm sure the Dodgers will be hefty favorites and we'll get into why in just a moment here. But the Dodgers are 2-1 to one to win the National League and minus 360 to win the National League West. As for the World Series odds, plus 350 for them right now. The Angels, however, have fallen deep into the odds. So if you want to get them to win the World Series, win it all at 60 to 1, first of all, not what I'm encouraging, but you have the option. It's at 60 to 1. As far as their American League odds, 14 to 1 to win the American League and American League West odds, 7 to 1. The Astros were minus 600 or something about a week ago and now minus 1100. Whoosh. Terrible. Terrible. Not even a shot. So a lot of this has to do, obviously, with the Angels' huge losing streak, but that is that is really brutal. If we look at the NBA Finals going on Game 5, series tied up at 2-2 at, uh, on Monday night, the Celtics getting four at Bet Rivers, the Warriors laying four, and the money line for the Celtics plus 138, that's very similar to their series uh, line as well, if you'd like them to win the series. And the Warriors minus 165 on this. Total for this one, 212, which should be interesting because so far we've seen a really, really, uh, at least as far as the playoffs have been concerned, a faster pace in the first half of these first four games and a lot slower in the last two quarters. And now we're getting into a game five here. Fatigue might be setting in a little bit more even. We already might have seen the started to see that creep in with the Celtics and now they're going to be on the road visiting the Warriors here but Warriors laying four really tough really tough series and if you want to bet uh, the series winner like I mentioned the Celtics plus 125 and the Warriors minus 152 as far as the WNBA is concerned the Sparks as I mentioned not doing great just not doing great and they are still sitting at some pretty long odds so if you want them at 30 to 1 it's available it's it's funny to me it's odd to me they haven't even shifted but I mean, the odds are pretty much set here. The Aces are plus 150 now. I think they were plus 250 not but two weeks ago, and now all the way down to plus 150. So virtually unbettable at this point, unless you just want to have that Aces ticket. The Sun are plus 350. The Sky are plus 375. So that's gotten quite a bit shorter as well. The Storm somehow sitting at 6-1. to one. They have the talent to win it all. They just haven't looked very together as of late. The Mystics, you can still get it 9-1. to one. And I know it's very wishy-washy. It's very dependent on what's the status of Elena Deladon. But I still like that. Everything jumps up from there. The Mercury 25 to 1, the Sparks 30 to 1, etc. If you want a fun long shot, isn't it the Wings? Is <laughs> Tell me why it's not the Wings at 40 to 1 or the New York Liberty at 80 to 1. Uh, we've gotten off track of the Los Angeles odds, but you get the picture. And also, the U.S. Open begins Thursday. 
And BetRivers is giving you extra reasons to tune in and play. Just log in each day of the U.S. Open and receive a free profit boost to power up your tournament bet. Every round, a new boost for you to use before the round starts or while the players are on the course. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your U.S. Open bets every day and get an extra boost while doing it at BetRivers. Go to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Now, with that, let's get into some baseball. So the Angels, obviously, coming out of a 14-game losing streak, you could say their offense would be maybe a little undervalued uh, as far as the betting market is concerned. And, of course, there is the factor of them, again, firing their manager, Joe Madden, very surprisingly, last week. Now, somebody had to take the blame, I guess, here, but it seems like management is floundering here. And also not realizing that the Angels were dealing with not only some injuries, but really bullpen issues that have persisted for, what, years at this rate? On Sunday, uh, the Mets had themselves a day. They won 4-1, to one, and this is actually great for New York because they left with a 9.5 game lead in the NL East coming into this, and they'll return with the National League's best record, 40-22, and 22. But their division lead is actually down to five and a half with Atlanta actually on a crazy hot streak right now. 11-game winning streak for Atlanta. Now, unfortunately, the Halos also uh, a little bit of a streak, at least as far as this game was concerned. They struck out 16 times. A season high. It's the sixth time this season they have been struck out at least 15 times. So the Angels' offense just struggling despite having two of the best offensive well really show hey both sides but two of the best offensive players in the league two of the top mvp candidates we haven't even looked at the angels mvp odds recently but i would love to see where mike trout is sitting now uh not because he's been having a an off performance but just because i have to imagine that the odds shifted a little bit in Aaron Judge's favor. And yes, we're seeing Aaron Judge at plus 150 at Bet Rivers right now for American League MVP. Shohei Otani plus 375. And Mike Trout at 5-1. to one. So again, two out of the top three on this Angels team. And what is going wrong? What is going just off the tracks for this Angels team besides obvious, obvious things? Offense having trouble. Bullpen pitching having trouble. If anything, you know that I love betting Angels overs. It was unfortunate because this Mets game was not the game to do that. But their first five inning overs, 12 of their last 18 games. They've gone over the first five total, 12 of their last 18. So as interesting, I would love to actually know what the full game is if I would look that up. But I'm sure it's something similar as well because, like I said, havoc usually happens after those fifth innings as well. So overs for the Angels on the most part is something I like to bet, especially when there's a favorable pitching matchup. Now, if we look at the Dodgers, who the Angels will be facing on Tuesday in the freeway series, of course, they have their own herd of issues, and it's also in the form of pitching. Walker Bueller shut down from throwing for six to eight weeks. MRI reveals a flexor strain. So Dave Roberts, I believe, said he'll be missing a bit of time, quite a bit, quite a bit of time. So... He's going to have to rebuild a lot of that arm strength after taking that six to eight weeks off. Dave Roberts said that he's confident that he can pitch again this season, but another blow to a Dodgers pitching rotation that could not really take another hit. Uh, the game totals in terms of the Dodgers, I love to look at unders in these, and 10 of their last 17 have hit. 
that's not been necessarily due to the most stable pitching rotation and lots of fingers are getting pointed at Dave Roberts, of course. But now with Bueller out too, I think that the water is just getting hotter. It's just getting hotter in terms of the pitching for them. Uh, as far as Sunday, Julio Rios looked great. Uh, lots of runners on base for the Dodgers. And it has to be so frustrating for Dave Roberts that in that situation, the Dodgers still lose. It's actually their ninth loss in their last 13 games. 2-0, to zero, they lose to the Giants, and they get swept. That's three straight losses now. And they went 0-10 with runners in scoring position. Stranded nine men on base. Just cannot do that with the amount of offensive talent they have on the team. And this is coming from someone who obviously should be a baseball GM. No. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even as a fan, you have to look at this and go, what's going on? When you have this many, we have Freddie Freeman, you have Trey Turner, you have these incredible, Cody Bellinger, you know the whole list of players. It just seems kind of insane that we're still dealing with 0 for 10 with runners in scoring positions. Wow. Got shut out, by the way, for the third time this season, and it was against the lefty. No no surprise there. The Dodgers do tend to struggle a little bit against these lefties. It was against Carlos Rodon and three of the Giants relievers. So I think what the Dodgers need right now is just a little bit of a uh, confidence boost, if you will. And the Angels are probably just the team to do it. So Freeway Series opens on Tuesday, two games at Chavez Ravine. Noah Syndergaard taking the hill on Tuesday for the Angels. He's 4-4 four and four in the win-loss column here. 3.69 ERA, 1.19 whip. He's pitched about 46 innings so far this season. And only given up four home runs. On the other side, Tony Gonsolin... Uh, on off day, really, for him last time we saw him. But the right-handed pitcher here, 7-0 and on the season with his win-loss, so not had a single loss to his name just yet. 1.58 on the ERA and .86 on the whip. That's pretty solid. He's pitching against the Angels, uh, of course, hoping to get back on track here. But he has had at least five strikeouts in each of his previous seven starts. So, obviously... The Dodgers are the prohibitive favorite here. We don't have the odds up for this game just yet, but when they come out, it's going to be the Dodgers minus what? 200 or more, I have to imagine, which is unfortunate because this Angels team just should not be in this situation. Uh, the Dodgers are also going to be at home for this series, as I mentioned, so they are 17-10 and 10 at home so far this season. The Angels are 12-15 and 15 when they're away. Uh it's just not setting up to be a great matchup for them. Obviously, Mike Trout's bat is going to be a huge help for them. But guess what? Mookie bets on the other side. Uh, oh, and then Shohei Otani. Oh, Trey Turner. So the Dodgers can go bat for bat with them and further, if you will. They just have more bats. So I think that this is going to be the perfect spot for them to get back on track. And it's going to be against LA, uh, another LA team. So LA on LA action going on on Tuesday. I'm glad that's not going to steal away from what's going on on Monday. NBA Finals Game 5. Bay Area is the location, so the Celtics are on the road now. Both teams have gotten wins on opponents' floors, and that was just during the regular season they split. And now we've seen it happen in the playoffs, so series bounced out at 2-2. Two to two. Thanks, of course, to none other than Steph Curry. A 43-point effort from Steph Curry the other night. He went 25 of 48 from the field. 13 to 25 from three point range. How many more, like how many more years do we have of this stuff? This is incredible. You have to take this in. You have to enjoy it. Uh, 74 total points in his two games in Boston. 
Incredible effort. Would like to see more from the rest of the Warriors. Not very consistent. Pick a person, but, you know, Draymond's certainly been getting picked on quite a bit. Uh, without Steph, the Warriors scoring 41% from the field, and the rest of the team was 17 for 56 from beyond the arc. So nobody's helping him on the perimeter, which is an issue, obviously. Uh, nevertheless, despite not playing particularly well overall, they were still able to pull out the win on the road against the Celtics and not go down into that hole, which is surprising because the Celtics seemed like the better team. They seemed to be controlling a lot of this game for the first three quarters. So the Warriors did have Steph Curry pull out this incredible performance for them to save them in this fourth quarter. And now they're three and a half, four-point favorites for this game five. This has been the line for all these games, by the way, and it's been really tough because I feel like the team that's winning is covering uh, wholeheartedly. These aren't necessarily close, close games. And it's really tough when we look at both of these teams because as far as playoffs are concerned, both teams are combined 12-1 and ATS off a loss, so against the spread, in the playoffs. So... We also know that the Celtics zigzag theory has been a huge thing. So you're wondering, is that going to continue? Is this going to be a situation where now we see the Celtics win? Um, it's going to be interesting as well because game five fatigue may be setting in, as I mentioned. And you become especially concerned when we see what we saw from the Celtics in that fourth quarter of game four. Seven of 21 in the final 12 minutes. That was the Celtics. So... Their offense falling apart just cannot happen if they want to hold on to this because we know that although the Warriors uh, tend to rely on Steph more, let's say, like Boston tends to spread it around a little bit more and get their offense from a couple different spots, at least in terms of the players. But war the Warriors are a lot more creative about their offense and how they're getting those points, and they're able to do it in different ways. We've seen that so far in this series, that the Warriors have either capitalized on turnovers or whether it be a heroic Steph performance, etc. So I think that the Warriors' creativity and offensive prowess is what we talked about at the very start of this series, similar to Boston's defensive prowess, is which one's going to give. So the Celtics having that no-show appearance in the fourth quarter is definitely concerning, and they gave up 16 offensive rebounds in that game, 19 second chance points, and turned it over 15 times, which the Warriors, of course, capitalized on for 19 points off of those turnovers. So that's the kind of stuff that they have to shore up, but they're going to be going into this game, obviously on the road now and a little bit tired and it's tough to play at Chase Center. Now, as far as the Warriors go at home, they should have won game one, but Boston had that wild fourth quarter performance. In reality, the Warriors have a plus 12 and a half margin of victory at the Chase Center during playoffs. It's minus five, 5.6 on the road. So we already know how good the Warriors play at home. They're 10 and one straight up an 8-3 ATS when they're at home. I'm expecting a better game, obviously, from Poole, from Green, we hope. Clay Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson, honestly, though, has been in, I don't want to say my favorite. It sounds mean, but my favorite player to bet unders on so far in this series just has not looked like himself, and it's really sad. And people are so tough on these people, but they forget the athletes are humans, and I just feel bad for Clay Thompson with those back-to-back -back injuries and just... We know how much he loves to play basketball. Anyways, I digress. I'm expecting them all to play a little bit better, especially Poole and Green uh, at home, as we know. So for that reason, I would look to a Warriors team total over in this. 107.5 is very playable to me. Uh, they've gone over this most of the time at home, especially in terms of playoff games. So I, I look to the Warriors team total over here, even though 
I wouldn't play this if you think the Celtics are going to win this game necessarily because the Celtics are going to have to slow things down. That's what their strength is, obviously. They are 7-0 and ATS in the postseason off of a loss, so this would be their first time if they didn't. So we know that ZigZag is alive and well. But like I mentioned, their scoring has been primarily through uh, Tatum and Brown. You see some Al Horford, maybe Marcus Smart, Derek White getting in the mix, but it's mostly Tatum and Brown. Uh they're just not able to kind of generate the offense that the Warriors have been able to do, which is what we expected going to the series and why the Warriors are probably slightly favored uh, among other reasons, such as their experience. So with that in mind, if you look at uh, the MVP odds for the, for the games here, if you want to look to a Boston player, you got to look at just Brown or Tatum. And that's why you're seeing uh, Jason Tatum at plus 180 on Bat Rivers right now. Again, shop around, always find the best odds. Uh, Jalen Brown plus 550. So if you think it's going to be one of these two people, it seems like it's got to be Tatum, right? That's why you're seeing him such a short shot, but I guess you're getting slightly better value on Jalen Brown. I don't see it going to anybody beyond that. And that's why you're seeing the next closest Celtics player, 80 to 1, Marcus Smart. So you get real good odds if you want to take one of those longer shots for the Celtics. And there's an argument to be made. For maybe one of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's tough. Steph Curry at minus 150, though. Come on. That's, come on. That's not even, you can bet the Warriors right now to win the series at, I think, a little bit shorter odds. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, as far as game five is concerned, like I said, Warriors team total over 107.5 points. It's minus 118 right now at Bet Rivers. And then the Warriors and the over. If you think it's going to be spicy like that, I don't count on the Celtics offense for that necessarily. Uh, but Warriors and over 212 is plus 205. Warriors to win and under 212 plus 255. These are all really similar. So if you feel like you got a good read on this game, you think it's going under and you think you know who's going home with it, you can pick one of these options here. Celtics plus uh, Celtics to win and over 212 points scored plus 265. And Celtics under 212 at plus 260. So when I'm looking at this, again, it's tough. I don't want to rely on that Celtics offense, but I do expect a little something. Game five, you guys know I love unders. I'm going to go Warriors to win and under 212, which is completely not following the zigzag theory. Goodness gracious. Warriors at home, though. Warriors at home. They should have won the first game. I'm going Warriors in seven games, too, by the way, at plus 190 if you want to get in on the action now. It's not the best odds, obviously, but plus 190, Warriors in seven games. Pretty short, actually. That said, let's keep talking about basketball. Let's get into the WNBA next. There's two games on Tuesday, and there's lots of takeaways from a third of the way through the season now. Some of these teams have played about 12 games, 36 total games in the season. So let's see where we're at and see if we can notice some of these trends. That's next right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at BetRivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into BetRivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide, log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Still Danielle Alvari, and yes, still hyped to talk WNBA. Let's get into it. I'm having a blast. I didn't say that. Becky Hammond did, uh, former WNBA star and current Aces head coach, which I thought was so delightful. 
So delightful. Of course, she's having a blast. She's killing it as the Aces head coach. They're nine and two now, I believe, or no, 11 and two, up to 11 and two. Hi, I was at that most recent one. So that's where I wanted to start too. I finally got to go to my first WNBA game live in person. And it was on Saturday at crypto.com arena sparks hosting the aces got to see it live. So really cool too, because I ended up just like, I want to say splurging, but just in terms of like, I wanted to get really cheap seats and just kind of go and enjoy the atmosphere. And then I was like, mm, but I can get kind of nice seats like row seven center court. Yeah. Behind the benches. We're going to do that. So I did that and that was so much fun. I also feel like I got to learn a little bit more about these teams by seeing them in person. So just looking at even the bench differences, I mentioned this on hardwood handicappers on Sunday. Again, great VEASAN show to check out on Sundays to talk about all the basketball action going on. Are we going to get a game seven? That is the question, but we talked about this on Sunday, or I mentioned this on Sunday that even just looking at the benches, when we talk about Becky Hammond, the aces bench is so calm every time in the huddle. And Becky is always the one talking because she's the head coach and nobody else is nobody. Everybody is like listening intently. The respect level is insane. She just got inducted into the WNBA hall of fame, by the way, um, or not WNBA, excuse me, the women's basketball hall of fame, which like, bye. Hello. Bye. Like it took this long. If you look at the sparks bench on the contrast, they're obviously frustrated. They're down in this game, but it started early before they weren't down. Really. If you're looking even in the first quarter, and I'm seeing Neka Ogumike and uh, obviously Fred Williams, who stepped in now as interim coach and, and just a lot of different voices going on and a lot of contention. And it makes sense because it represents how they're looking on the court right now, too. It's just completely disjointed. Who's in charge? Who's taking the lead? They actually got more shots off than the Aces did in this game. They just didn't go in. So it just seems like they're lacking that offensive go-to person. They don't even have that one person. Now, Neka, we know, is misconsistency. And in this game, didn't even shoot very well. And again, the Aces defense is is very good, but it's not the best in the league. It's beatable. They're having really high-scoring games. It's not like they're limiting people the way the Mystics or the Connecticut Sun can. So NECA having that off game just can't really happen, unfortunately. Uh, and Liz Cambage, I was very surprised to see in person how not dominant she was. There was another thing I was very surprised about, by the way, <laughs> that I'll get into in a moment that is not related necessarily to betting, but I very much took a lot of pleasure in. Anyways, Liz Gambage, watching her play live in person, going up and down the court, she looks a little bit like a step behind. Like, I know the conditioning has been a question for her, and I'm wondering if that's still something that's affecting her, and, and I know she has other personal issues going on. We know we have the story resurfacing about what happened with her Australian team. But as far as the conditioning goes, I could totally see in this game that that was an issue up and down the court. She's getting beat every time by this entire Aces team, Asia, obviously. And I do wonder if that's part of the reason why we haven't seen her be as dominant as she needs to be. And it's unfortunate because you want to play a revenge angle sometimes, right? Where the Sparks have their new head coach and it's Liz's revenge game, perhaps. Um, and it just wasn't there. Uh, it just was not there. I was beside myself. When I saw, as I sat into my seats, because I had worked all morning and I was doing a lot of other things going on, I sit in my seats and I go, I didn't bet the game last night. I should have. The line was eight. The aces minus eight the day before. And I go, it's going to be 10 tomorrow, maybe 10 and a half. Like, right? I know the new coach angle. Da, 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 no. Are they? Are there new players? Is there a new offense? No. Not in a day. Not in like a couple days. So I sit down in my seat 
these are incredible seats. This is a great atmosphere. I'm like, I have to bet on the game, of course. You know, live betting, of course, in-game. So before the tip-off, though, not actual live betting because the game hasn't started, and I look at the my betting apps, and I'm seeing six and a half. Aces minus six and a half. Are you... I was going a little insane because I was like, what am I missing? What am I missing? I was like, oh my God, who's hurt on the aces? Who's out? What's going on? Uh, I'm checking injury reports. I'm like, what did I miss today? Why is this six and a half? So I'm sitting, uh, you know, with my friend who's come with me to the game and I go, I have to bet this. And they're just looking at me like, you're insane. Why? Why do you have to bet this? And why, why is it so crazy? Not understanding the context, me having to explain no, 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 this is, you don't get six and a half on the aces, especially against a team like the Sparks. No offense, but also offense. So I took aces minus six and a half, and I think I put four units on it. Like I didn't, I, <laughs> I don't normally do that. I'll do a unit, a unit and a half, maybe two on a game, four, four units. And I was mad I didn't put more. It was insane that it was six and a half and the game gets going. And of course the Sparks kind of hang in there for a quarter maybe into the second quarter a little bit, and then the Aces pull away. They just completely demolish them. And funnily enough, I also decided, oh, I'm going to play for a half unit, thank goodness. I'm going to also play the first half over because that will be fun, and the Sparks defense is not going to stop this Aces team. It's going to go over, and the game gets going. I'm, like, feeling good about this, even though the first quarter was relatively high scoring. I thought that's not great for me, but the second quarters tend to tighten things up a little bit. We'll talk about second quarters, by the way, in just a moment. And the second quarter comes around, everything's going great. Uh, and I'm like, all right, this is a, uh, well, obviously I'm cheering for the over, but I'm expecting things to tighten up in the second quarter based on all the data we've been seeing. And the sparks shooting just completely falls off. And it was unfortunate because we finally got to see some of Kennedy out there and she came out and she made a couple buckets and then kept shooting and probably shouldn't have. And I don't know if that contributed a lot to that loss or what, but that was really unfortunate for LA as well. And unfortunate for my bet because the Sparks got the final possession before the end of the half. Uh, I believe it was an Asia Wilson bucket right before that with about 25 seconds to go. The Ace or the Sparks have the ball with less than 20. They go down the court. They run no discernible play you could possibly see. It was just complete chaos, and it's completely, again, representative of what's going on with their team right now. They have stuff to sort out. So it could have it could have been as simple as just, like, run, run something, lay it in, do something. And I needed that two points for the over to hit. So it didn't. Those lines are sharp. And I knew, too, what did I say about Aces games? The totals are a little bit, just a little, tilted towards the high end. So I actually wonder... If in that second quarter, I could have got a slightly better number that would have cashed. What could have been? But it's fine. It was a half unit. And the Aces ended up cashing that minus six and a half. So before we get into the other takeaways of the WNBA so far, my one other note that is completely unbetting related, but was very amusing and, and inspiring. And inspiring is a better word for it. Uh, Kelsey Plum. Kelsey Plum has been incredible for the Aces so far. It's so hard to pick an Aces player who's who's doing better than each other because all five starters score in double figures and four of them shoot above 45% from the field. Kelsey Plum has been my favorite to watch lately. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk about her. Also Pacific Northwest went to UW PAC 12 school. I'm like, Kelsey Plum is this crazy, she's in incredible shape. We've talked about this on the pod as well. When Tom Brady came to the aces game the other day, uh, there was talk about this as well as how she's put so much time into her training, especially lifting, et cetera. So I'm thinking 
as I watch these games, and of course, like you can look this up, but as I'm watching these games, I'm thinking Kelsey Plum is like 5'10 in my head. She's 5'10 in my head. And I go to this game and I go, oh my God, look how small Kelsey Plum looks compared to her teammates. Again, not small, but small compared to her teammates for sure. I see her posting up, you know, matching up against Jordan Canada, who I know is also on the shorter side as far as height goes, but Jordan Canada is mad fast, mad quick, and Kelsey Plum is mad talented, so that's how you get past that, obviously. But when I tell you my level of shock, too, I mean, not the minus six and a half aces level, Kelsey Plum, 5'8". Looked it up. My height! She's 5'8". So it was inspiring. I was like, man, what could have been if I had just started playing basketball younger and had worked my butt off? Maybe I could have played uh, on the bench of the team that Kelsey Plum played for in college. So, yeah, it was very inspiring. And uh, I just think it goes to show, too. Like, I think you think that all these players are huge, but there's 5'8 players in the WNBA, and they tear it up. So you can outplay your height. That said... Let's get into some of these uh, interesting pieces so far, about a third of the way into the WNBA. So something to note for Vegas, too, that is just means that there's no end in sight for their demolition path that they're on, that Elias Sportsbrew says that Las Vegas has the easiest remaining schedule. Interestingly enough, it says the Mercury has the second easiest, which could be good for them. Maybe they're turning a corner here after that overtime win over the Mystics. They have them again on Tuesday. More on that in a moment. But Las Vegas, easiest remaining schedule, and they've already been tearing it up. They started off 11-2. and two. Goodness gracious. You see why they're plus 150 in the odds to win it all. Um, Jackie Young, by the way, still been out. It was unfortunate to not get to see her play. But is she not a lock for most improved at this point? She was averaging 23.5 points per game, leading up to, of course, a little leg, I believe, ankle injury that she's been dealing with. Missed a couple games so far, but expected to be back. Uh, four rebounds per game, three assists per game, and just been really essential to their success so far this season. Now, fortunately for the Aces, they've been able to pull things off without her in these last couple games, but she was just incredible. So as long as she can get back out there and get back to the form she was in, most improved, has to be. Through the team's first 11 games, by the way, she has averaged career highs in every category. That's the definition of, that is the definition of most improved. I love it. Jackie Young, great stuff. Um, as far as the trends are concerned, the Mystics are somebody I want to point out because the Mystics defense is a team that I love to back. Now, that's a little funky to say coming off of Sunday's game because they lost in overtime to the Mercury in a very high-scoring affair, which was very uncharacteristic for the Mystics. So it just goes to show you when things go wrong, it's because they're not doing what they do well, which is their incredible defense. Uh, even with that game. There was no Elena Deladon in that game. Even with that game, I would say that I would still rely on this Mystics defense pretty heavily. And a lot of that has to go with Coach T, obviously. As far as unders are concerned, because the Mystics defense is a team that I love to back, now you will see, again, similar to how the Aces offensive prowess is so incredible that you're going to see a little bit of inflated totals on their games, especially against bad defenses like the Sparks. You'll see the Mystics totals very, very low. Now, fortunately, in this game versus the Mercury, it was a little bit on the higher side. It was 157 or so. I did not want to bet the under because of the pace that the Mercury play at, despite the fact that the Mystics are probably the only team right now that I count on to be able to slow a team down. So again, weird saying coming off their Sunday loss. But 
Their defense is particularly good at making adjustments, and we can see that as far as second quarter unders are concerned. So uh, I believe it was Calvin Wetzel who pointed this out on Twitter, so definitely go give him a follow. Would love to get him on the show soon. I think that's on not on the books, but in the works. He pointed this out, that second quarter unders right after a first quarter over are 22-14 and 14 this year. Now, that's pretty good. But let's take it a step further and look specifically at the Mystics. Second quarter unders overall, 12 and 1. 12 and 1. So just second quarter unders, period, for the Mystics are 12 and 1. So they're incredible at making those adjustments. And that, again, huge shout out to their coach, of course, on that. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on to see if that trend keeps continuing. I don't see why not. I don't see why not. The Sun uh, are unfortunately having to continue to overcome. They, people forget, but they made semifinals without John Quill Jones in 2020. Excuse me. Yeah, 2020. I can't believe it's 2022. I was like, no, no, it was two years ago. But that that is correct. 2020 was two years ago, in case you need a reality check. Last year, league best record for the Sun, 26-6. and six. No Alyssa Thomas virtually the entire season. She played two games. So having to overcome injuries of not just a player, but like critical players to their team, Year after year, year over year. John Quill Jones, then Alyssa Thomas, and now this year, Jasmine. They lose Jasmine to the to an ACL tear for the season. We've already talked about this on the show, but just a five-time all-defensive pick. We know how incredible this Connecticut defense is and also how well their chemistry has been in the past. And now they're having to yet again overcome another injury. So not a trend that you want to point out, but one that unfortunately is happening to the sun again. And their head coach, Kurt Miller said, he's just tired of it. He's tired of, of the adversity. He's tired of having to overcome it. And I think rightfully so, man, poor, poor son, the sky through 13 games, the Chicago sky are 10, two and one. I always throw the pushes out because they really mess it up. I hate having that in there. Let's just say 10 and two, not including that one push in fourth quarters, straight up. Their total point differential is plus 60. This is the kind of thing that I expect from the Sky at this point because the Chicago Sky, of course, are the defending champions. They have not played up to their potential. They started out very slow in terms of covering the spread. And their maturity, their experience, and I'm talking Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, you got it, you name it. Uh, last year, WNBA Finals MVP, Kalia Copper, now back. They're going to step up and finish games. And we're seeing that in these fourth quarters. So again, 10-2-1 in the fourth quarters. If you want to bet a fourth quarter live, this is the team to do it on. Again, point differential of plus 60. Daniel Mattia pointed this one out. Again, a great follow on Twitter. An incredible WNBA better. We had him on the show last Thursday. So if you want to go back and listen to that pod, uh, even though the game's already happened, still great information in there. And we will have Daniel back on, of course. But uh, he was actually the person I was messaging on Twitter before the Aces game saying, what am I missing? What am I missing? And he's like, uh, sorry, I just got out of a movie. And I was like, don't worry, I hammered it. <laughs> I already got on it. So Daniel, great work by him uh, pointing this one out as well. The Liberty... ATS in their last six, what would you expect from this Liberty team? Because I have not been paying enough attention to them. I've been, I've cast them off like the, I don't know, the middle child at this point, even though they've really been at the bottom. They're five and one ATS in their last six. And they only lost to the defending champion Chicago Sky by two on Sunday. Sabrina Ionescu put on a clinic. She was the best player on the floor out there. It was incredible. Uh, and Beck Allen, unfortunately, we didn't get to see as much of her, which she's been really instrumental to freeing up Sabrina a little bit. Didn't seem to bother Sabrina to, uh, in Sunday's game, at least. 
but her entering that starting lineup, uh, Becca Allen here, six games ago, been averaging about 11.5 points, 4.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists. So really a key contributor. Apparently got a booster shot, hasn't been feeling super well since that day, but we'll get back in the mix as well. The Liberty have turned a corner. That's the thing to note here. They're 5-1 and one in their last six. Incredible. The Fever, just going to point this out. They had a 12-hour travel day the other day. It's not the first time we've seen these crazy travel days this season even. <laughs> Certainly not ever. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but it's a huge part of handicapping the WNBA is having to follow on Twitter and see if the players are saying, we had a horrible day of travel. The, the Fever had a 12-hour travel day. They had to take a bus four hours after a delay caused them to miss their connection. Uh, and then had to play the Liberty, and they lost. So part of that was like, well, the Liberty are turning a corner, the Liberty are doing better. But it also just certainly did not help for our bus ride. Forget that. So unfortunate part of the handicap in these games. Seattle, minus 48 in fourth quarters. Do I need to say more? Do I, They just, the opposite of the sky. Not a fourth quarter team so far this season. Have not been doing their job uh, and closing things out. The Sparks... Not too much to update here again. Fred Williams is the interim right now. He said, oh yeah, I was just, I think there was a, I mean, I'm, I'm making it sound a little bit more salacious than it is, but they said, what was your goal for this game against the Aces? He said to not lose by 28. Cause that's what happened their first game. And I was like, mm, maybe our standards need to be a little higher. And I, I jest of course, but uh, he actually thought that the team was trying a little bit too hard in the game. They only had 13 turnovers. They forced 19. I told you the Sparks, they are good at forcing turnovers. That is something that you can pay attention to. Uh, but they just aren't able to get it done. They don't have the offensive firepower yet. Sad, sad times for the Sparks in Los Angeles. But there are two games going on on Tuesday. Real quick, Mercury at the Mystics again, part two. We saw this on Sunday. The Mercury actually won 99-90 to 90 in overtime. Did not have that on my bingo card for the weekend. Uh, but Diana Taurasi did turn 40 over the weekend on Saturday. 40 years old and still kicking. Still doing great. She had 20 points, 7 assists. Diamond of Shields had 13 points and was 6 of 8 on shooting. And Tina Charles added 12 points and 8 rebounds. Brianna Turner, 9 points, 10 rebounds. That's more like it, Mercury. They turned it around here. They've, they've started to kind of kick it back into gear. It's interesting to see if this will continue. I don't know if another game it's the Mystics is what they need, especially after an overtime game on Sunday. I think this is going to be interesting to see. The Mercury right now are 6-7 and seven ATS, and the Mystics are 9-6 and six ATS. So maybe... The Lions are starting to catch up to the Mystics a little bit, but they still are one of the best teams at covering the spread so far into this season. Uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, by the way, too, hit Shea Petty for a three-pointer that gave the Mercury the lead. Uh, shout out Shea Petty, but also Skylar Diggins-Smith needs to step up like that every game, and I think motivation has been an issue in some of these games for the Mercury, and obviously it's got to be really disheartening. New head coach this year, and also no Brittany Griner. Again, free BG, bring her home. Uh... Something to note for Tuesday's game, the Mercury shot 50% on Sunday. I don't expect that to continue. They are a really great offensive team, no defense to speak of. So maybe we look at possibly another over, but I think what we will see is the Mystics defense shore it up. But Elena Deladon, questionable with her back injury uh, or former back injury in this game. With her questionable, this game is very questionable to me. And this is a very good live opportunity to get in on the Mystics in game, perhaps. Storm and Lynx also going on on Tuesday. The Storm won 
this matchup to open their season 97 to 74. The Lynx are still at the bottom of the league and Sylvia Fowles is out for the season. Oh my goodness. Still haven't, still haven't come to terms with that one. Seattle's five and eight ATS. So is Minnesota. Seattle's four and five ATS as a favorite and Minnesota is four and five ATS as a dog. So this is not a game I'm clamoring at betting, but again, will be good live opportunities, possibly, uh, at least in terms of a total standpoint. I would look for this game to go over. I would lean for the Mercury Mystics to go over, but we'll have to see where this limber lands. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. As always, new shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This week, we'll actually be taking some time off finally, but you will still get a pod on Friday. It's going to be a lovely interview with Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo Sportsbook, who is an incredible handicapper, uh, I believe has a really interesting story about how she got into handicapping. So we'll ask her all the good questions. We'll ask her if things are, uh, if there are betting theories that she subscribes to or not. So that is something exciting to look forward to on Friday's pod. Wednesday, we'll get into WNBA action, of course, and uh, there will be no pod on Monday next week. Sorry, closed, uh, closed for vacation. But, uh, Lots to look forward to for this week. Thank you so much, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday for more Los Angeles action on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.